Welcome, everyone, to the Apocalary Podcast. I'm Steve. He is... Dr. Lawrence Van Beek. You're dang right he is Dr. Lawrence Van Beek. I would uh, vouch for that. Any, I'd say that in front of any large crowd on the planet. <laughs> 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 Folks, it is so good that you're with us. Well, but you I, said it in front of this large crowd that uh, listens into our podcast, Steve. That, that's true. That's true. I would I would say it again in front of other large crowds. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> Not just the assembled cohort that we have with us today. No. Or anywhere else we would go with us. Anyway, or, or anywhere else. Yeah, anywhere else. Anywhere else. Uh, that's our pregnant pause number two. We did that last yeah. week too, and I kind of thought, yeah, it was it was such a it was a long enough pause that I wondered if we had lost the beat there, <laughs> which we had. But. And you'd think if we had like an adequate broadcast editor he would have cut that but no oh no oh no 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 yeah and no. the funny thing was when it came back on it didn't we didn't seem to miss anything <laughs> no. so i don't know what i said that meant nothing <laughs> in between but maybe same as always right so new heaven and new earth Stephen. we're in revelation 21 i've heard that yes um i i hear a new heaven and new earth is going to come down yeah, well, you it is there is some truth to that, and there's a great deal of speculation on what that actually is. That's and many people we're going to do the New Jerusalem, and many people that I or people some people that I have read have said to me, um, they've talked about heaven. Have you read books on heaven? And usually they're talking about the New Jerusalem and not heaven. Right, right, right. Because right. there is very little in Scripture about heaven. Okay, well. No. Not a bad place to start this chapter then. Yes. Folks, we're at Revelation 21. I'm going to start at verse 1, obviously. And I'll read all the way down to the end of verse 8. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from out, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty from the spring, or from the th to the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And that tells you that John just can't let it go. No. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot let it go. Yeah. And he is talking, and now there are different places in Scripture that talk about about the the earth and the heavens, the stars and all that, mm -hmm. as we know them, um, being wiped away by God, right? Okay. Um, there are places, you know, the, the that in this book it talks about this happening. 
Um, in in some of the uh, the prophetic literature, it talks about the earth being wrapped up as an old rag and thrown out, uh, and and you know getting ready for this new thing that God's going to do, and and that happens again here. This is the same kind of language. <clears throat> and again, he says, "I saw a new heaven and a new earth because the other one has passed away." For some reason, he wants to throw in, and the sea was no more, <laughs> which you would think was would be obvious. But the sea is important to John, and whether that's the sea as in the water, hmm. or whether that's the sea as in, in humanity, um, I'm not sure which way he's, he's gone with that. But what he's basically said is earth is gone, and God has done a brand new thing. Mm-hmm. He's done a brand new thing. And he calls this new thing um, the, the new city of Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven. And so, so the old Jerusalem is gone. This is the new Jerusalem. And this is the bride, right? And remember, normally, the church is the bride. Yeah, okay. And in, in this case, the new Jerusalem is the bride. So really what he's talking about is a brand new thing that he's going to do for God's people. Right? Okay, okay, yeah. And, and he says, he says it's all over. He says, the dwelling place of God is now with man. Very, very much like Solomon's temple. Remember the, the, uh-huh, the uh-huh. burning up of the altar and all that and, and the coming to Solomon's temple? This is that kind of a thing that's happening. But he's saying, look, I'm going to be with, with God's people. I, I am their God, and I will be with them. I'm going to wipe away their tears, which my father-in-law used to say he thinks people will be crying when they first get to heaven, when they realize all the things that they didn't do, um, and that God wipes away those tears. I really think what he's saying is, is the pain and the suffering and the struggle that you had on earth is gone now. Mm, mm. There's no more pain. There's no more struggling anymore. So this new Jerusalem, is it an actual place? I don't know. I, I'm suggesting not, but it could be. It could be a brand new city. Okay. Uh, but it's really saying this is the place of God's people. Okay. Yeah. And he was sitting on the throne and said, look, I'm making everything brand new. Now, he's made things brand new before. Um, he made us brand new after the cross. Right. He made people brand new when they gave up their old lives and became Christians. Okay. They become brand new. And he says, here again, I'm going to make everything brand new. And then he says to me, look, I'm, I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the Alpha and Omega. I am the whole package. And then he takes a piece out of Isaiah and says, if you're thirsty, I have springs of water that I'm going to give you for free. Mm. Right? And especially in Canada right now, with us selling all our water to Nestle, we we, we, we may we may be glad that one day that God will give us free water again. <laughs> well, and that Alpha and Omega doesn't that harken back to um, the beginning of the book too, right? And the beginning well, right the in end. in chapter chapter one and two, right. I am the Alpha and Omega. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it's God who always says He's Alpha and Omega, and and Jesus is a part of this too. But it's usually God the Father that we're talking about when we're talking Alpha and Omega. Okay. But then, after all of this stuff that he says about God making everything new, didn't he say there will be no more death? Yep. Except yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he says, but as for the cowards, which which really sucks. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that word on, on the radio, I guess, which is really bad. Because, <laughs> you know... <clears throat> You know, I am the Lion of Christ, but I'm <laughs> the one from the Wizard of Oz. So, <laughs> so, 
So I'm sorry about the cowardly thing. You know? I, I wish he could have left that out. Because yeah. I think I can make it with, with some of the others here. You know? yeah. But he says, if you don't have faith. But he also, look at the things he says. If you're murderers and you're immoral or you're sorcerers or you're idolaters or liars. You know, if it wasn't for Christ, that pretty much yeah. takes us all in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't miss doesn't miss anyone, right? No, 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 because all of us have. Well, I shouldn't say that. There might be some that don't, but they would be so hard to be around that they would just make you mad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, but but this does this does seem to pick up a lot of stuff that's going on mm -hmm. in people's lives these days, Christians and non-Christians. Yeah. And that's kind of a weird thing because he says he says I'll tell you what. Um, the lake of sulfur is waiting for you. Yep. And that's the second death. And again, when we're talking about annihilationists, they'd say second death means you're, you're done. You hit the lake of sulfur and fire and you burn up and then that's the end. Mm. And for, for those that believe in eternal eternity of the soul, they'd say then your soul stays here for eternity. Mm. So there's, there's two different ways to do that. But it's interesting that even at the end when he says, you know, God has come and, and, and he's made everything brand new and he's there for you, he still throws his warning in there. So this book is still an evangelistic yeah. message, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's still calling out, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Did you want to say anything else, Steve? No. I. You kidding? I. You might have been the lion in The Wizard of Oz, but I was the straw man, <laughs> the <laughs> scarecrow. <Yeah. laughs> and I and I worked for the Tin Man, so I <laughs> <laughs> definitely oh, no heart there at all. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! <laughs> um, no, I'm not talking about this particular job or boss. <laughs> the chance of him listening is pretty slim. But. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, me, New Jerusalem. Let's do you want me to just plow through the whole thing, bud? Or? I don't know. Shall we? Shall or, we try? Or stop stop me whenever you feel like it. Okay. Picking it up at verse 9, folks. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, its radiance was like a, mo like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and the gates twelve angels, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, on the west three gates, and the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Yeah, keep going a little longer. Yep. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies foursquare, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, twelve thousand stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, a hundred and forty-four cubits, by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. <laughs> Interesting. The yeah. wall <laughs> the wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with, adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second was sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, uh, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, 
the ninth Topaz. Uh, the tenth was Christophase. Meh. Let's give go with it. The eleventh <laughs> Jack <Jack-Tenth, laughs> The twelfth Amethyst. And the th- and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, and each of the gates made a s- made of a single pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. That must have been some clam, by the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> isn't that oh. yeah. The things that you have to do for God. And I and I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the glory is the, sorry for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. The sea, the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light the nations walk, and by the kings of the earth, um, and and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. And they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he jumps on the same thing yet again, doesn't yep. he? He dumps on it again. So he talks about the New Jerusalem here. He says, he says, what's this New Jerusalem going to look like? And he, and he, and he talks about the, um, uh, oh, thank you, Stephen. So, so he calls the New Jerusalem again, the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Now, don't forget, the church was the bride of the Lamb through this whole book. Right. And now he says, it's, this is the New Jerusalem. And the glory is, um, that comes to it is from, from God's radiance. So God's radiance is over this thing. And then he says, the the walls, it had it had these great walls, and at them twelve angels are standing, and these are inscribed the sons of Israel. Okay. Right? And then the next thing he's gonna say is that it also had twelve foundations, which are the twelve apostles. Okay. So this is this is the so could this be a real city? Of course God's gonna throw in a real city. He can do that so easily. But but what he's trying to say also is this is Israel and the church. Israel and the church has come together here, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and we say that this is the big thing about this whole book, is is that 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 the people of Israel and the children of God through Jesus Christ come together. Right. And most of us would say that is that is something that every New Testament book has to do. Um, and they do it in all different ways, right? Like Luke does it through journey theology. Jesus journeys them into into Jerusalem, and then the book of Acts, um, the journey goes out from Jerusalem to the rest of the world. Right. And in the midst of that, through through that, you tie the church and Israel together. Paul does it through the breaking down of the wall um, in Ephesians, and he does it with the olive branch as well. Remember the mm-hmm. wild branch, the grafted which in. is the church, is tied into the tame branch, which is Israel, and that's Israel and the church coming together. Um, so, so the different New Testament authors uh, deal with this whole idea of of the church and Israel being one. And in the Book of Revelation, they do it by using by using Jewish language to talk about the church. Right. And yep. here, I think he ties it together really tightly by saying, "This New Jerusalem. What is the New Jerusalem really? It's the church and Israel coming together under God." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And could it be a, a city? Well, you know. Um, Sure, it can be a real city, and it's a real city made up of 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 Israel and the Gentile Christians, Jewish and Gentile Christians, coming together under the Lamb. And he talks about the city, and he talks about it being four square, about it being twelve thousand stadia. I forgot how how long 
Um, the length of Palestine was 1,600 stadia, right? I have no idea. I was about to look it up. In chapter 14. Uh, the, the, the destruction goes through the length of Palestine, which is 1,600 stadia, which is 180 miles or 300 kilometers. <clears throat> and so if we look at this, this is, this is way, way, way bigger than Palestine. This city is massive, right? If it's bigger than the entire length of Palestine. Right, right. Are you still looking? And I forgot how big a cubit is, whether it was nine feet or 12 feet. And cubits vary, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because cubits vary also among other nations. Like, like different amounts do vary. But he says, well, even the angels measure by the same amount, right? Yeah. And then he talks about the wall. And when he talks about um, the jewels of this thing, he talks about every kind of jewel there is. It is a little interesting that that for the people of this day, what we consider just rocks or semi-precious jewels were considered uh, were were completely precious to them. Right. Yes. Like yeah. em- em- is emerald a precious jewel? Or is I it ge- semi-precious? I guess uh, you know I don't honestly know, but I. Mm. It's a little more common than we'd like to give it credit for, right? Like, well, that's what I think. And onyx and carnelian and chrysolite and beryl and topaz these are these are semi-precious jewels. Amethyst is a semi-precious, right? You know, we get it from um, from Mexico, I think, or or you know, um, the southern states, yep. the, su- the southwestern states, is is where we get these. So, an agate is is actually quite a lovely stone. Mm-hmm. But it, it it does intrigue me that they're that for them what was precious for us is, is you know outside of pure gold clear as glass yes and and this amazing massive pearl that this poor oyster had to uh, <laughs> produce yeah um, you know the, uh, either that or there are some massive oysters in the ocean that we just don't know about yeah yet. yeah I called them a clam so thank you for correcting me there yeah it's oysters oh <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that you well an oyster is a is a type of clam isn't it. I, I I don't know I I don't know either I, I you know you know you put it in a piece of sand and you hope for the best that's all I <laughs> it, it's you know it's made from irritation so I have I am at this job creating one of the most beautiful pearls. <laughs> <laughs> so, so but but the big thing that I think is happening here is you know people who talk about heaven they utilize this language to talk about heaven but he's not talking about heaven. Um, he's talking about things coming from heaven, mm-hmm. and and so I, I always want to be a little careful that that heaven heaven is rarely talked about in scripture, except in you know in lights and sounds and in very mm-hmm. very obscure ways, you know like like um, heaven's talked about in chapter four, right. but it's lights and sounds. You don't really know what's going on. Paul talks about heaven. A man was taken to the third heaven. You know I, I can't describe what he saw. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. You know, he yeah. saw unspeakable things. Right? I was um, I was once captured by mimes, and they did unspeakable things. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that when Paul was saying, maybe they were mimes in heaven. <laughs> but 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 the whole thing about heaven is uh, is, is really the big thing for us is that Jesus is there and God is there 
And that's the big thing about this, is that Jesus is there and God is there. Right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and the light in this place is from God, right? Mm-hmm. And the nations, the nations that are coming to this, the nations are the Gentiles, right? And the kings of the earth are bringing all of their glory to it, um, you know. And 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 it's it's lit up by God. Mm-hmm. And this is just talking about when when we get to the end of this whole thing, like there's glorious things for us. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, this isn't for us that he's saying this. I mean, we live pretty decent lives as it is. This is for the Christians that are being persecuted and they're struggling right. and are being killed for their faith, you know, and are being starved out and are not getting jobs because of their faith. And this this is the message for them. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now my wife would say, Lynn would say that, um, yeah, but every every Christian suffers in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, yeah, and that is true too. And so I don't want to leave that piece out. But then... He goes right back to where he's been all along, and after he tells you all of this glorious stuff, he throws in, nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who is detestable, I can't say it either, (laughs) detestable or false. But then he says, only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that for us is the thing that we have to glom onto with everything we've got. We, We have to grasp this piece. Because when he's talking about all these sinful things, we're looking at that going, oh, man, you know, he has not missed me in his list of sins. Right. And then he comes down the bottom and says, ah, yeah, but you are in the Lamb's Book of Life. Right. That doesn't mean we're supposed to go on doing the others. But no. No. Yeah. No. But we do have assurance that at least at least we're in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's right. And that's, that's, the, that's the critical thing. And that's the thing that Paul says. He says it's, it's your faith. It's Jesus Christ who makes all the difference. Yeah. He does, go, however, say, should we sin that grace may abound, may it never be. So anybody who's thinking that we can just go on sinning, you know, flagrantly, mm-hmm. um, uh, we're really not supposed to. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't I mean. Should, I just want to be holiness enough to throw that in. No, no, I'm with you on that a whole, whole bunch. Yeah. 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 And and this is the new Jerusalem, guys. This is uh, This is what's waiting for us. In the future, this all of this glorious stuff, yeah. And but the key thing here is that we're with God. Yeah, yeah. And once again, John John ends time. <laughs> he takes you right to the end, and then reminds you if you if you're a poophead, you don't get to go. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta hang in there, and you've actually got to get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, if a- you're predestination, your name's already there, by the way. Yeah. And if you're free will then it's, it's when you accept Christ that your name gets put in. Right, right. And by the way, there's stuff in Scripture that points to both of those things. Right, yeah, yeah. So so don't try to make sense of that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I would like to, I'd like to see in some Sunday bulletin, post-COVID, don't be a poop head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, your name won't be in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll I'd, just mean to be. I'd come, if you give that sermon, I'm there for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do have a sermon, um, but I can't say it as harshly as you need to. But it's it's God saves jerks too. <laughs> yeah. and, and actually, you need even a stronger word there. But then that then that kind of loses the whole audience at that point. Right, right. You need to do that in a United Church or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or or get Tony Campolo to say it. He yeah, say it right. yeah. Tony can do it. But yeah, yeah, you have to be like a bigwig in the evangelical circles for that. Well, that's right. Yeah. And even then, if you're Pentecostal, you're going to run into a little bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
We don't really care what you believe as long as your morals are good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds like evangelicalism as a whole today. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Presbyterians, like, they don't care about your morals, but they really do care about what you believe. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Yeah. good point. And they're Scottish. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, anyway, Um, that's that's it for this week, Stephen. My friend, that was fantastic. Thank you for doing this. Folks, Thank we are so glad that you joined us on this. We have one more chapter left. Yeah. And um, and then borrowing a term from a, another podcast, we'll, we'll have a, a, wee, a wee curry and decide what we're going to do from there. <laughs> but, uh, but yes... Thank you so much for joining us each week. We so appreciate you coming along for the ride. We will be back next week with another episode. And this has been the Apocalypse Podcast. Mm-hmm.